let's face it, life can be hard. And when you're adulting, it can get really complicated quick when you have kids and nobody to help you navigate the path. How are you supposed to do it all when maybe your parents weren't always the best example? Or maybe you find yourself repeating the same things your parents did. Well, welcome to 180 Fit Fam. Because we all need to do a 180 at times. And now we get to gamify the experience even. At Fit Fam, we are all about bringing fit back to families. That is in body, in mind, in emotion, and spirit as a complete and holistic approach, helping you bring your family unit closer together as a tribe. We will have daily 7x7s, which is the 180 Fit Body Mind Method, broken down to seven different things you need to thrive in life. Those seven tasks are for you to do daily. Parenting hour and kid hour as well. So be on the lookout for many exciting things as I launch this 180 Fit Fam. I'm super excited about it. Uh, it's an is the culmination of all my expertise from 20 years in the fitness and health industry and 16 years as an educator finally coming together into one source that I hope to be a true blessing to you. Reach out to me anytime with your ideas, with your suggestions, with your questions, with your comments at 180fitfam at gmail.com is the address right now. There are, is a lot coming with this. I just started this and so be on the lookout for many opportunities to connect with me. Please make sure you like this, you share this out there. I'm planning on getting tons of resources for you guys. All right, I'm so excited that you have chosen to listen to 180 Fit Fam. Let's get started. Hey, what's up, 180 Fit Fam? This is your parents' editions of parents only. Let's talk parents. So, um, I kind of got a lot of questions coming in just about the fact of like, what are the key things of building a healthy kids and a happy home and like all these kind of things now that we have kids at home. And, um, so I, you know, I had my kind of ideas, but I didn't really know. So I did some research and I went and talked to some of the leading experts in this area and I gathered all their feedback and backed up with the research and kind of what and where I kind of knew and understood. And I really came down, I narrowed it down to eight key principles that I really, really feel like we must get right when, um, if we really want to have that healthy at home. Um, it's not something that I think any of us are really taught. We observe what we like that our parents do or don't do, but then how do we really know what is even the right thing? So um, the question always comes up, what are the best ways to even parent? And what are those key principles to keep, in mind while fostering a loving family and life that's healthy, you know, that deals with things but doesn't um, make bigger deals and things like, than they should be. So I'm going to just tell you what the key eight principles I came, that I discovered, and then I'm going to dig in a little deeper on each one. So principle number one is the importance of values and expectations in the household. Um, and it's found that values inform, of course, expectations. And Everyone in the family can come to a place of understanding and acceptance. It's like everyone's on that same page. Uh, principle number two, and this is the importance of boundaries. Having parent-child relationships is a strong source of guidance for a child. So rather than being that friend, really having that strong you know, parent-child. Number three, 
consequences consequences to actions. So really the importance of teaching children to take responsibility for their actions and knowing that their actions are actually followed by consequences. And it really prepares children for the real world. And I was reading a couple recent articles and stuff that were mentioning um, just the study between kids who both had possible consequences to their actions, but one in one re- one study, like the ones, you know, the the complete comparison of the, uh, just the polar opposites. The those kids were never consistent, never got consistent um, with consequences with their actions. And there was another one that was kind of like sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't with kids who always did. And it was just startling to really realize how it affected whether or not the child would be ex- successful within real life later on. And then then principle number four is allowing children to struggle and how struggle is really just a great teacher. Principle number five is having faith in a child's ability and knowing and allowing the child to feel secure and secure, in, particularly in taking risks. And that really, truly, this establishes the team aspect or the tribe and it helps the child stay motivated when challenging opportunities, challenging tasks, challenging lessons, challenging even in friendships present themselves. And then number six, gratefulness, which brings joy. Expressing gratitude for each other, pointing out the good. Principle number seven, active with the family. So instead of sticking with new, the same old routine, um, creating new memories, encouraging new hobbies, and it, that creates a strong bond because it's creating it's not just banked on this one happy memory or these two happy memories. It's the fact that we were always trying to do something as a family. And then lastly would be emotional stability and consistency. And that's a really hard thing to maintain. But those two skills, children learn directly from their parents, even more so than the teachers they spend time with than anybody else. So let's look. Uh, I want to take a deep dive now into these principles because there's a good to know, but really to truly understand, we really need to do a little bit of a deep dive. So look at principle number one. Okay, family expectations and values. So creating consistent household starts with, of course, values. And values are sources of strength and direction for everyone in the family. They can dictate um, the decisions we make as a family. Values such as authenticity, honesty, respect, and love. Uh, I think those flow from any family if it's a family that's established on really good values. And, you know, my family, I have to say, there's some really good values I learned growing up just from watching my parents and just watching um, certain things they did. And, you know, just dad was very disciplined and very, you know, he treated work like work. And just, there were just some of those those core key components, like never called in sick, just showed up. Um a lot of strength, a lot of my, um, I think, from both of my parents, a lot of my um, just resilience comes from them. But we never really talked about it. We never really made any kind of decisions together. And really, the research shows, sitting down and really coming up with those values as a family, it gives everyone a responsibility for living them out. And, you know, just gathering the family together to reassess the, you know, re- reassess the values from time to time. How the family evolves, and that teaches even more value. It teaches that 
you know, you can adapt, that you can change and teaches kids how to adapt and change and teaches kids how to evaluate and reevaluate things. So really choosing values by thinking about how you want your family to function. What are our priorities? How do you want your kids to behave? What do they, you really want them to value when they get older? And I think really answering those questions can help you narrow down the core values. So I made a list. So consider these um, key, I would say about three benefits of implementing values from all the research. These are the three big ones I found. So values teach kids to think critically about how they want to behave and navigate through their world. So remember, kids have their own little world. They have their own little life, even though they're with us or with families. They have their own little world and life. So when you model what it looks like to live according to values, you teach your kids um, to actually put it into practice. It's not just talk. is actually putting it into that practice. Like me, I saw it modeled, so it was very easy for me to implement. If it was just talked about, I'd rather have it modeled, not talked about. But the key is to, like, to do both. Um, when children face confusing situations and difficult decisions, they can look at their values and make important decisions. And like for me, I just made decisions because I saw some character traits in my family and I wanted to be like that. Thought, thought that was good, but I didn't ever realize what the value was, and it wasn't based on that was innate in me. It was something I just kind of took from my parents, and so it wouldn't made it innate in me. But it wasn't something I could say this is my value and this is why I'm not crossing it. I think I if I would have had some of those. Maybe I made some different choices even growing up, even like high school, middle school, I mean, just all throughout. And values implement positive habits. So instead of coming up with expectations out of nowhere, we should do a, you know, create a source of expectations. And this can make more sense to kids, knowing that the importance of actually acting according to the values teaches those positive habits based on what they come to believe themselves. So I think a good one is especially now, health. Think about if you come from a, from a family that's maybe overweight or obese, where did you learn that from? And who did your parents probably learn that from? And it goes down, right? You know, if they can value health and you guys learn to, you know, develop healthy eating habits and exercise habits, then think about what that carries on life to break that kind of a chain. And that's, I mean... One of the biggest reasons I created my 180 Fit Fam is because I noticed that we're, we're struggling in families to even live a fit life now. I mean, when I talk about fit and health, it goes, people miss it. It is fit in mind and body and heart. You know, there's emotions and spirit. It all combines when one is out of whack. We're not, we're not really living a healthy and fit life because our life is out of balance. And then we never reach those sustainable and lasting results. And really, we're just partially partially trying to make it and maybe willpower our way through when our mindset is still all messed up. So the, my empowerment coaching for families is really to rush in for the family so the family learns how to get fit together and really make it something like this. I think that this this is such a need right now. And don't forget, I'm always here for you. If you ever want to, if you're ready for a 180 as a family and to do something totally different, if you feel stuck like that, please don't wait another second. Like, call me. Let me help you. Let's get out of that because it's, what better gift can you give your kids than the gift of health? And like learning, learning how to do things in a healthy, lasting, sustainable way, not by some diet fad or not by, then watching you yo-yo diet from thing to thing or just be like, well, we'll always be fat. 
and we'll just always be this way. This is just the way we are. I think there's, you know, no better, no greater gift than the gift of health. Because the moment if you're in that place, the moment you struggle, do you really want your kids to struggle the same way you did? You know, someone's gonna have to take a stand at some point. I would say, and it's not to be mean at all. That's just to say, you know, I'm here to help. If so, I would be foolish not just to sit here and not point that out. That hey. Over here, like, I, I can help you. I promise you. I can totally help you. Um, you just have to take that first little step. And then I'll show you guys the path and the way to it. So something sustainable, lasting, doable within your schedule and what you guys want as goals. Not my goals for you, but your goals. And so um, consider that 180. And don't forget to reach out to me at my, of course, 180fitgogenfitness.com. All right. Let's continue. Number three. Values help kids make decisions for themselves. And this is so important. So many kids are just looking for Google for an answer, looking to you for an answer. They don't really make decisions for themselves. And so when we discuss values with kids, we can actually show them how they can guide them in the decision-making process. So over time, we can guide them towards choosing things based on their values. And then we can trust them that as they grow older, they're going to have strong values. So you're going to make those foolish choices and mistakes because it goes around against the core of who they are. So how can we put values into action? Because I think that's the thing is, you know me, I'm all about action. Got to do something about it. Okay, so having a set of core values, of course, helps foster a cohesive family unit. And it's important to clarify how to act according to values. So if you say that respect is a core value, well, we need to define what does that look like. And we used to do something. And when I was a teacher, we'd be like, okay, use your five senses. Like, what does this look like? What does this sound like? What does this... And it really makes a difference. And you can even do the not. What does this not look like? What does this not sound like? And really, when you, they can kind of tie in those five senses, it really makes it very clear. You know, and then if you want, like after that, I figured, you know, once you have that value, multiple expectations can actually be set up from that. So, for example, respect looks like treating, you know, other people in the home with your respect. You know, giving them... You know, speaking kindly, using your kind words. All those kind of things you could list down. Or maybe it's helping clean up a room, saying yes, please, having good manners. And when kids are old enough to participate, participate actually in those decisions, they better take ownership. So if you can't, like, have them say what that looks like. And really that, that five senses chart, even kindergartners can do that. And I, I actually even did it on a pre-K class before. So, young. Uh... You know, if they can set those expectations themselves and just think about the ownership they're going to take and think about how empowered they're going to be to actually set expectations even in their own lives, maybe that you don't even have to guide them through. And then structure is key here. Children benefit from having structure. And they may resist it at first, you know, and they might, you know, not like, you know, these family expectations, but it's really a valuable piece of foundation. Um, just like in a classroom. The only reason, one of the only reasons, well, I had a couple reasons why I was, had such good classroom management. And really it was just because I had structure. Kids could expect what was going to happen and they knew I was consistent with any consequence. I would give them respect and hear them out and help them change, you know, some directions and some habits. But if they clearly crossed, crossed a line, they knew that there were, there were those consequences. But they came up with, as a class, we came up with the values. And as a class, we came up with what the consequences would be. As a class, we defined what it would look like and all those kind of things. So I really encourage you to do this because it really does work. 
and you know just just discuss how you want the values you know to work within your home you know such as the value of safety what does that look like how we do we stay safe you know and that ties into when they get into a teenager like curfew driving rules treating siblings nicely and just brainstorm as many ideas as you can and then you kind of come up with the key ones you know and then once you have those expectations you know you, they have to have those effective expectations and so when kids are repeatedly successful they gain more confidence and pride in themselves and and this is so so um so important for them to have that confidence and that pride in themselves and not be so being down by the fact they can't do something so we really do want to have that positive too make sure that they and they want to i think i think kids naturally they want that praise they want that positive attention when they do it, and then that's when they go to the other other side of things and you know it doesn't mean expectations need to be too low though either having responsibly high expectations is not a bad thing we had pretty high expectations in my family and some things and i'm glad we did um because a lot of times you you rise up to that and so you know they teach kids to believe in themselves and that they can meet those standards and um you know you you can't is you can't expect them to go you know to science tutoring when you know they need it but you don't have to push them to be an astronaut does that make sense so it's like you're showing science, let's go to a tutor, and you can push for that, be like, no, this is what we need to do because we need to get your grades up. But to say that you have to be a doctor, right? There's, there's I think there's that fine line there. Um, when parents don't have, or, or when children don't actually have consistent, reliable guidance from their parents, they're most, more likely to seek out their peers for leadership. I thought it was key. They can create a rift between you and your kids and make it very difficult to implement this in the future. So that's why it's need to be developed from young and as soon as possible. And values and expectations are the compass ultimately for the family. I love that view that they help everyone get on the same page and how our family runs. They inform the directions the family takes and they help sustain closeness to that family. Um, expectation let children know what is and is not acceptable. As they teach valuable lessons, that kids will carry out hopefully into adulthood. And I believe that's true because, like me, I carried a, all of it into a lot of good things into adulthood. So just, I want you to think of that. Like, how could you have that meeting this week? What could you do? We're home. We're stuck at home. So how can you have that exact meeting this week? And we're going to stop there. And I'm going to do a separate one for each one of these. That way they're not too long. And you could do them in chunks. You could listen to them back to back. I think it's important for us to break down each one of these and you can actually pause it, do this, and then come back and listen to the next one. So I just encourage you to make do a compass. Get your family compass. All get on the same page. What a perfect opportunity to do this. And let everyone be involved, no matter how young. Even the youngest one will, have, will probably have great ideas. You have something wonderful, I'd love to hear about it. Always please share with me. You know, I'm always here. If you struggle to do this, please give me a call. Every family, just like every individual, gets a free empowerment coaching talk with me. And so we could definitely, like, map this out for you and actually get you guys going on track. I'm happy to do that. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to see you thrive in life. And that is my heart and my goal, my dream for you. All right. Until next time, parents.
Thanks for listening to 180 Fit Fam. Remember my family tribes. Be kind. Be brave. Live authentically. That means be your true self. Just be you. There's no one better on this planet than you. And always shine. How are you going to show up for other people today? I cannot wait to hear your stories and see your pictures on social media. Remember to post them underneath the hashtag 180 Fit Fam. All right. I'm here for you. And until next time.